When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. I'm joined by Jihei Wiley, Brandon Deutsch. Jihei, how are you doing, my friend? You know, not too shabby now. Um... It's it's been a rough few weeks. I'm not gonna lie. Other than that, it's been it's been great with uh, not a lot going on sports wise. But it's still it's still been great. I mean, summer's awesome. It's finally nice out. Yeah. Um, I couldn't be happier, Southern California. <laughs> Brandon, uh, heck However, of a yeah, heck of a walk off win yesterday for the Halos. Yeah, um, until they win like another 10 out of 11, uh, I'm out on them right now. I like covering the team, obviously. I hope they do well, but uh, I still don't think they're a playoff team. We'll see tonight. They need. They lost the last time Shohei pitched, and I wouldn't be surprised if they lose again tonight. I'm going to be there covering it, so I hope they do well. Um, and we'll see what happens. It's going to be pretty cool to cover a game while uh, Shohei's pitching, so... Yeah, I mean that's 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 still on my list of things to do. So I'm very jealous that you will be there covering. <laughs> I, I I have not seen. Um, that's totally my fault. Listen, I, I've covered the All Star game which he played in, but it's not the same. I, I definitely want to see him um, pitch. So listen, guys, we have a lot to get into today. You know, one of one of the interesting stories: the Lakers today have a press conference for their draft picks. Um, you know, this is sort of the time of year where you're just going to be bombarded with trade rumors, like innuendo. It was interesting uh, yesterday in Portland where the you know GM actually comes out and says, listen, we, we want to build a winning team around Dame. Um, Brandon, I'm going to start with you. I mean, I, I think fans love this time of year because everything's in play. And you can look at the way people word tweets like, so-and-so is interested in, and 
they are looking at and you know like and, and then you have to look at it realistically like is this move a possibility you know when you look at some of the potential moves out there again People are talking about James Harden. What does he do? Dame is as loyal as he has been to Portland at some point. Do they have to restart things? And does he have to go to a, a, a team that, that allows him to contend? Let's start with Dame. I, I think just because that, that's sort of been on the news. And again, very unusual for the GM to kind of come out publicly. Um, again, he didn't say anything groundbreaking, but basically saying like, listen, we're not looking to trade him. Do you envision Damian Lillard being a part of Portland next season? Um, yes, I, I'm honestly as just just watching, not even being you know media member and covering the league, but just like looking at it. I'm kind of sick and tired of all the Dame talk. Like we talk about it every year. Like, oh, he's going to leave. Is he going to stay? He's staying. He's he's not. He has some pride to win in Portland, and I feel like. You know, what's going to happen right now is I don't think Miami can give him a substantial offer. I think he's going to see how good Scoot is and if they can compete. Realistically, he should leave because they're never going to be good with him at the helm. They're just not because when they're when they're going to be playoff contenders in a few years when Scoot Henderson is a superstar, Lillard will be 35 or 34, yeah. right? So it's not going to be the same player. Perhaps he's still uh, impactful, but I, I just don't get this for his part. But I do in the sense like he wants to be like a Kobe, even though Kobe, you know, famously requested the trade. His whole career he was with the Lakers, right? Like the same thing Dame wants to be. His whole career with the with the Blazers. I think he's committed to being there, and I think. All of this noise we hear is just pressure he's trying to put on the front office like LeBron does every year with the Lakers, you know? Yeah. Uh, Gigi, if you were Dave, would you just be loyal? Like, he, he's kind of talked about, listen, a lot of guys around the league like to change teams, chase a ring, and you look at it and they're, they're not happy. It's not a good fit. They don't win the ring. And at the end of the day, they probably wish that they stayed where they were. I get that. But I really think with Damon Portland, he, uh, to Brandon's point, he's not going to win there. Um, I think now's the time, if you're Portland, you have to, to trade him because you, you're, you're getting very close to that moment in time uh, that, listen, you know, when he's on the back end, when he's 35, you're not really going to get a ton in return. If you're a young team on the rise and you have a future potential superstar in Scoot Henderson, G.A. is now the time to move on. I mean, I'm kind of torn because you got to love the man's loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, for better or for worse, you got to love the fact that he wanted to stay and try to win there. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's time. I, I, I think on both fronts, right? I think it's best for the organization. I think it's best for him too. I think that if he does want to win and that's the overall goal, um, which I would assume that it is, right? It, it, yeah. To win a title. Um yeah, go go where you can possibly win, man. I, I'm not I'm not saying that I I would do this. I'm just saying that I think that this is in his probably his best interest um, because it just doesn't seem like Portland is kind of doing that. I, I feel like Scoop may be his. I don't want to say his replacement because how, you can't really truly replace Dame. But um, yeah, I I, th I think this is this is going to be who both both sides. If he does, if he's able to go to Miami, why not go? You know, yeah. I, I I get that, and they have they have such a pretty team um, over there. And if you can just buy into you know what everybody is selling over there in Miami, I think that he can he can go pretty far. So, 
I think it would be who both their situations. And th- again, you're right. This is the time, you know, he's not on that teetering point. He's on that, like, he's still good to go. Like, he could be good for a hot minute. So, I, I yeah, I think this behooves both their situations for him to leave. Yeah, I mean, you know, because if you're Portland, now is the time that you have to think about the future. And sometimes yeah. a, lo- a, lo- a lot of teams are in that situation where it's like, Listen, if we can get a, 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 a haul for, for Dame, you know, future first-round pick, some young talent, like, like let's pay, plan for the future. Um, and again, if, you, if you're Dame, you want to see him win. I, I, think, I, I don't think there's anyone around the league who wouldn't love to see that guy, for example, like with Miami, if he was in the finals making a run like that. Um, I wanted to get both of your guys' thoughts on super teams because we have one in the WNBA right now. I, I was watching the Las Vegas Aces last night, and the reason I bring this up, they have a game on Thursday night coming up here against New York. New York was sort of thought to be the second super team. They have not gelled as well as Las Vegas has Um but when I tell you that this is the best team in the league, it's not close. They are 13-1 and on the season. They are 7-0 and at home. They're winning games by an average of 16, 17 points a game. Their only loss was more of a schedule loss where they, I, I think they played two games in three days in Connecticut or something along those lines where it was just like you, you, you could have circled that game at the beginning of the season and said that it's probably a loss for them. Um, they are the best team that I've ever seen in the WNBA and again I go back to the beginning of the league with Houston and again I don't say this lightly but they have a superstar team Brandon I'll start with you I mean just just generally speaking I mean do you like the super team concept again the last one we we perhaps saw in basketball was Golden State I mean it's kind of hilarious when you think about it now you know they go they win 73 games but lose in the finals but you could really say those teams the following couple of years with KD and Steph and Draymond and Clay, that's a super team where you, you kind of begin the season saying, the only question is how many games are they going to win? Uh, do you like super teams? No, I think they're bad for the NBA. It's me personally. A lot of people would disagree and say it's good. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is the Aces have the best facilities. They have, you know, they're coming off of a championship. They treat their players the correct way. They treat them like uh, they're an NBA team in Vegas. And that's why they keep winning. And that's why they are attracting everybody. And it's kind of a monopoly. The rest of the WNBA really needs to start, you know, Treating, getting new facilities like the Aces did. Otherwise, all these all these players are going to keep going to the Aces. You know, yeah. I mean, the stadium there. You've been there, Iraq. How, how nice is it? I haven't been. It there, is obviously. amazing. Here's the thing: their practice facility. And here's the thing: they they were the first WNBA team with a dedicated practice facility. So just if they just had something that was their own, that would be great. It is next level. It is the gold standard for the WNBA. You're going to see a lot of other teams uh, have that. I think that that is fantastic. Uh, their arena, the beauty about their arena, it's not an amazing arena, but it is in the Mandalay Bay. And the reason that that's important is you get the casual fans. You know, you get the fans who, uh, again, you know, do you want to go to a show tonight or do you want to see the best show in the WNBA? And so it's a really cool mix of of people from Las Vegas who've embraced this team, but also people who are just in town who, by the way, may not be WNBA fans, but, but they go to a game and they get enthralled by this team and they've become a fan of that team. So it's a really great place to watch a game. 
Um, but it's even more so when you have a team like this. They're just so much fun to watch. I think for the WNBA, GA, and I want to get your thoughts, I think a super team is good for that league because if all the teams are about the same, you're, you're, you're not going to get that, that team that the rest of the country is talking about. I think what the league would like to have, and we'll see how the game goes on Thursday, they would, they would like to have two super teams, mainly because the rest of the country that normally wouldn't talk about the league are going to start talking about them. So, listen, you may not watch the, the WNBA, but when Las Vegas is playing, when New York is playing, you're going to watch. And if those teams meet head-to-head in the WNBA finals, you will watch. So, again, I think in this case, a super team or super teams, plural, as in two, is a good thing. Your thoughts, Jihei? I'm kind of with Brandon on this. I'm not the hugest fan. I think it kind of diminishes the product. But I, but as far as, you know, getting the word out there and, you know, advertisement is concerned and stuff like that, I, th- I think it's great for the league. I, th- I think it's great for, for both leagues, right? Because you're all, it's always about recognition, I guess. Um, so and bringing butts in the seats, so to speak. So I, I think in that regard, it's great, especially for a league where there are no, they're not all, always a lot of butts in the seats. So for the WNBA, this is awesome, right? Um, yeah. When you have stars on your team and a team that um, can perform and do, do well, um, I hope nothing but the best for the WNBA as far as their numbers are concerned. You know, I would love for them to thrive. So um, this, this would be great. Um, I hope, I hope it does, you know, uh, help them out. Um, I just, I don't know if it still will. It has nothing to do with the fact these women aren't talented. Oh, no. I've, I've played against these women, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's two, just two separate levels of basketball. Well, you know, the um, one good thing, GA, is that is the uh, increased popularity in women's college basketball. And the reason that that's important is that if you start to watch women's college basketball, if more people are being, are tuning in to, to, to these games, well, then you become connected to, to these players when they're in college, and obviously they get selected, and then you start to follow them. And so we'll, we'll see. This is a long-term play. The league's been around for 25 years now. Um, I do think more and more people are beginning to watch, which is fantastic. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to get the same numbers as the NBA, but the product has improved. I think the attention, the way it's covered has improved. Uh, and listen, just as someone who's gone to a couple of these games in Las Vegas and is, I'm heading out there again in July, it's been a, a ton of fun to watch. So we'll, we'll see how that happens. Again, we got the summer league coming up. By the way, very happy that Victor Wembanyama will be as of right now. We'll see how things change. Is planning to play in the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. The only question for us now, guys, is uh, when do we head out there? Do we head out there for the first weekend? I think that's sort of the big one. By the way, GK, just, uh, you know, the sports is not, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, leagues not currently um, happening right now. So this is sort of a down period in sports. So I, I have to tell you this. If we go out to Vegas, I am more enthralled than I was previously about going to the Vanderpump Garden in the Vanderpump. <laughs> uh, I am um, as caught up as one can be without being uh, a fan of the show of the scandal situation. So um, very enthralled by that. So now when I go to the Vanderpump Garden or one of uh, the uh, pump establishments in Vegas, G.A., I, I will have more of an appreciation 
for the location. Well, I will tell you guys all this, and I know we're, we're getting off topic a little bit, but go to Pump While You Can because they close on the 5th of July. Now, that's main pump in West Hollywood, right? Correct. That's, that's exactly. You are in LA. Go to Pump While You Can. They close on the 5th. Their lease is up on the 5th. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, there's like a lot of places that you can go to. There's uh, what is it? Tom Tom's is another location. Out there. Yeah, there's there. She has so many more places coming up in Vegas, too. So, yeah, it's it's whatever. <laughs> but, um, um, I'm but yeah, if you're into that. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you know, really good food and uh, drinks. Is it overpriced? Of course. But you pay for the ambiance. So it's really fantastic. So, yeah, I, I, I had to tell you that, Jihei, just as someone who uh, <laughs> really is uh enthralled by the uh, drama of that uh, of that show um brandon the other thing that's coming up around the corner is the beginning of training camp and uh while the folks in los angeles uh, we, we don't really know what to expect with the rams again a terrible uh super bowl defense of uh for, for them last season uh let's just Talk about that briefly again. I think the, on paper, we kind of joked about this with the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers and the Chargers really kind of remind me of each other where you just like, like on paper, they're, they're fantastic. Let's see what, what spectacular way that they blow things up in the postseason. Um, real quick, Brandon, uh, your thoughts on the uh, Chargers and the Rams. I think most people are expecting the Chargers to have – um, you know, a good season. I, I don't know what that means. I mean, it's still a, a very tough division. You know, the Broncos bring in Sean Payne as their new head coach. Las Vegas is expected to improve somewhat. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. Um, how, how do you think the Chargers will do? Yeah, I think they'll do fine. I mean, I think they'll get 10 or 11 wins, just like last year. I, I think the Raiders are going to be worse, only because the division's getting better. I think the Raiders... You know, Jimmy G is a game manager, but his game doesn't fit with their best player. Devontae Adams is a deep threat. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot throw the deep ball, and that's assuming he's healthy by the season. You know, there's been questions about that. Uh, I love their first-round pick, Tyree Wilson, which I'll give them credit for. Uh, you know, in the path they didn't draft well, they had an excellent draft. But the Chargers, I like Quinn and Johnson. I would have preferred Jordan Addison, but, you know, they got another playmaker. Keenan Allen still on the team. You have Kellen Moore now calling plays, who's 10 times the play caller. Uh, if Brandon Staley allows him, then Brandon Staley or, you know, whoever, whatever his name was, who was the offensive coordinator last year. I even forgot his name already because he was so bad <laughs> at calling plays. Um, no offense, but, like, he did. Come on. I mean, you have so much talent. I think this – I said it last year that they should win the division. I think they should win again. I mean, Kansas City, as good as they are, have no business winning the division with Kadarius Toney as their best wide receiver. Like, But they still might because they got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and a decent defense. Yeah. So, like, for me, the Chargers should win the division, but I think they'll be a wild card again. What about the Rams? You know, they bring back Stafford again. I mean, they, they were riddled with guys who went down and got hurt. And so – on paper, again, our favorite phrase on this show, uh, they, 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 they bring back a lot of the key players that, that helped them win the Super Bowl in terms of Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford and Donald. However, they did lose a lot of key players as well. Um, with the Rams, is this uh, simply a rebuilding year? Do you expect them to contend? 
Yeah, uh, I think it's a rebuilding. I think it's a mix. I, I think the over six and a half wins is almost a lock. I do think they'll get seven because they have a quarterback and a lot of teams don't have a good quarterback. They have a good quarterback. Cooper Cup's there. You know, the center they picked is a really good player uh, or the guard rather. Um, they got some guys. So, I mean, even without Ramsey, I think they'll win seven or eight games. But they're going to lose both games to San Francisco. And as long as they can take one from Seattle, it should be a decent year. But anybody who thinks they're going to make the playoffs, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with Brandon. I think it's a mix of, of the two. They're definitely going to do better than last year. Um, they they got some great prospects, specifically for me in this BYU kid, Puka Nakua. Uh, he, he's looking like Cup, man. Like He's going to take, I think, a lot of the pressure off. Um if he does get some touches in, if they do put him in come um, the regular season. So I'm, I'm, I'm look, actually looking forward to what the Rams are doing as far as what they did um, for this draft. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Brandon. I think it's going to be a mix of both. And I don't think if they make the playoffs awesome, but I just don't see that happening. I think this is definitely um, a build on um, trying to just maybe get back to homeostasis, right? Instead yeah. of getting to... Um, have you been to SoFi? I, I forgot because we've been trying to, to get you out there. I mean, I, yeah. Have you gone yes. there? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have gone to SoFi. Um, I went to see an abysmal Chargers um, <laughs> Giants game. And I say abysmal because I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. And um, I knew we weren't going to win. And I believe that was when uh, SoFi just opened. So um, oh, okay. I, I went year one. So, year one. yeah. It was it was tragic, but I did go. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I will say this, however, um, where when it's cold, it's cold. When it's hot, it is hot. I yeah. agree. People don't that, know that, that. that. they, they think advice. it's a domed stadium, and it's not. It's just no. they have a a covering above it. But when it's raining, you'll get rained on. When it's windy, yeah. you'll feel the wind. And like Jihei said, when it's hot, you'll you'll feel the heat. So uh, that's why when uh, people ask, you know, could the Final Four come to Los Angeles? If they had built a dome stadium, 100%, yes, there's a 0% chance. Like, we're not going to get the Final Four uh, because it's not a dome stadium. It is, yeah. it, there's a covering over it. But yeah, when it's, uh, when it's hot, man, it's been super hot there. But then again, I go back to that college football championship game, Georgia TCU. It was pouring rain and you felt it and people were slipping and sliding all over the place. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will uh, once again be joined by our. Good friend from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Mona, one half of Ball of Sports Dialogue. Great podcast. You can, get it, you can hear it also at uh, the Sporting Tribune YouTube page when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clam with the underground when we come around. 
Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to take tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join a good friend from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? Good, good. It's getting hot in Southern California. No more rain, no more tears from, from above. I think we're getting <laughs> a lot of sun, so it's uh, it's pretty good. I know Jihei has a couple of questions for you guys. I, I want to start here, I Grant. You had a much-deserved day off from Dodgers uh, Beats. From the Dodgers Beat, they had the day off yesterday. Your thoughts now, kind of, you know, as you touched on uh, yesterday, they, they won a couple of series uh your uh, thoughts on them now as uh, i think they go on the road uh, yeah they're in mm-hmm. colorado yeah. right okay. in colorado yeah your yeah they yeah. they um they're going to colorado i think this is going to be one of their kind of get right series usually they they go into colorado they play pretty well i mean obviously a lot of teams hit pretty well in colorado if this is a time for the offense to break out it has to be in colorado here i mean look the angels just put up 25 runs on the rockies if the Dod- I don't think the Dodgers are going to do that. I think that was just a one-time thing. But I do think that um, this is a get-right series for them. Al- although I don't know about pitching. Their pitching usually does struggle there. Even Clayton Kershaw, as good as he is, he hasn't had his fair share of good times there in Colorado. So it is a-, a series against a very bad team. This team is not going to be in contention. They're not going to be... Um, you know, competing with anybody in this division. But I do think that the Dodgers, this could be one of those series where they either sweep, take two out of three, win the series, and then have that momentum again, build that momentum coming off of that Sunday game against the Astros. Grant, Brandon, this is a two-person question because of your prowess in the college uh, field. I got to ask you about LSU dominating and I, I know that they don't think that people probably don't think that they did, but they dominated this college world series. I want to know your thoughts on um, the possible prospects. Cause they have the most prospects um, going into um, next season for uh, major league baseball. I think they have what the number one and number two and number five, I think draft pick um, a possible mm-hmm. draft pick in uh, major league baseball. So I wanted to know your thoughts a on how the world series went this season and B on those prospects. Yeah, yeah go you ahead, know Grant, the go semifinal. I think, yeah, I think the semifinal was was probably the final. I mean, I know this this uh, the final actually had two blowouts, where it's just like there there were no contests. It was kind of like that Angel game that I just mentioned, where it's a fourteen fifteen run win in both of those games. Um, LSU dominated in this last game. Dylan Cruz is probably going to be called number one in a couple weeks here at the MLB draft. He is electric. He's got speed. He's got power. Um, he's got the personality too. He took that that shot of uh, that Kobe did back in the early 2000s of him holding the trophy with the cigar. Um, I think that's like like a common theme now. You see Joe Burrow doing that at LSU. And look, let, let's talk about LSU. LSU won the women's national title, and now they won the men's college baseball title. Um, they're doing pretty well right now down there in Louisiana. But in terms of the LSU team, they have legit prospects. They have. You know, like I said, Dylan Cruz is going to be a, a superstar, in my opinion. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, he has power. He can hit for contact. He has a great arm in the outfield. Um, he makes. He looks like a Gold Glover out there, uh, at least in college so far. So 
Um, yeah, I think, you know, all these power five teams, the SEC teams, obviously they always get great players. Um, and I, I wasn't surprised to see Florida and LSU in there because those power five schools, especially the SEC, they're usually in the mix for it. I was just kind of surprised by how big the deficits were in a couple of these games. I mean, it was 18 to four. I think there was a, a even larger deficit. And, you know, the first game was pretty good, but the other two were just complete blowouts, which I think hurt their, their ratings. I know that the semifinal almost matched ESPN's ratings for the NBA draft, which is actually a big win for college baseball. If you have, you know, ratings that are comparable to a major sporting event, like the NBA draft with a generational prospect in Victor Webb and Yama, that's a big win for college baseball. So I think this will just propel the sport. I think it's just getting more and more popular. As you can see, the, the crowd was filled. The stadium was packed. Um, but yeah, it's electric baseball. If, if you guys want to watch some electric fun baseball, you can watch college baseball. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, and just going off of that, I told all of my friends, you know, a lot of them gamble, and I was like, okay, Florida won 24 to what, 2, 4, or something like the day before. I said the exact, before the game, the exact same thing's going to happen like it did to the Angels. Take LSU money line. And they didn't, it was plus odds, and they didn't listen. They were like, oh, well, Florida looks great. I'm like, no, throw that out of the window. After a team scores 25 runs, they are bad the next day on offense. It's almost 100% of the time. And I just knew LSU was going to win, especially they didn't even need to use Paul Steens. They were going to, if need be. Thatcher Hurd, Miracosta kid, um, pitched really well, was a freshman of the year in the Pac-12 at UCLA, transferred to LSU, is going to be a first-round pick at some point. Uh, they have a great team. But uh, Grant mentioned it, Dylan Cruz, arguably the best prospect um they say in, in five, six years, Paul Skeen's best pitching prospects and Steven Strasburg a lot of times. I, the two generational talents, it makes sense for them to win. It's great for the sport of college baseball. I think this was a huge year of growth for college baseball because of Paul Skeen's and Dylan Cruz, which I think is extremely important. Remember, we've talked about this, why the Pelicans, it's hard for them to build a winner and have fans because it goes Saints, LSU football, then LSU <laughs> basketball and baseball and then it goes it goes new orleans pelicans after that which is why it's so tough but now you know why they have such a huge fan base that that stadium was rocking in omaha with lsu fans um grant we kind of talked about this in in the first segment this is sort of the uh fun time of the offseason fun i mean i say that in quotations really uh where like every time you have a twitter uh uh, you the the number of rumors in uh, trade uh, proposals and the trade machine, which we all love so much. So Damian Lillard's name continues to be brought up because Portland is in this unique position of you know perhaps having a future superstar in Scoot Henderson. They're not a championship team now, but listen, they they could put themselves in a position uh, to contend in the future. But they kind of maybe have to hit the reset button. The GM came out and said. That's not the case. Again, that of course he's going to say that. If you're Portland, if you're the GM in Portland, I mean, you're, you're going to get to a point here pretty soon where the value for Dame, just because he's going to be up there in, 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 you know, when a player gets past 32, 33, 34, you're not going to get, get as much uh, for him. If you're the GM in Portland, Grant, would you trade Dame? Uh, absolutely. Um, I think it's time for them to hit the reset button. And I think it's past it's way overdue as well. I think that Damian Lillard should be going to a team that can help him contend for a title. I know he said that that doesn't really mean a lot to him at this point in, in his career, but I know that Dame is a fierce competitor. 
I mean, you can see in, in a lot of these games that he's in where it's a close game. He lives for those moments. And I know that Dame wants to win. I can tell he was frustrated last year. This is a team that they just got Scoot Henderson. They got Shaden Sharp, who was really, really good last year. They have Anthony Simons, who's known to be an 18, 20 point per game scorer. They have a core there that you can build around without Damian Lillard and also save a lot of cap space. You can get assets in return for Damian Lillard. And it just seems like Portland and Damian Lillard are just jockeying back and forth. I see conflicting reports, like you said, on Twitter every day about, okay, well, they think they want to reset. Well, Paul George may be available. Oh, well, what if they go get, you know, you know, Bam out of bio? What if they, you know, now Dame wants to stay? It's just so conflicting. I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to listen to. I just wish we would get a resolution or maybe words straight from his agent, from Damian Lillard. I don't know who it is, but if I'm Portland, I got to seriously, seriously consider at this point trading Damian Lillard because they are not going to win a title this year with the team, even with Damian Lillard. They're not even going to come close. I don't even think they're in the top eight to nine Western Conference teams with Damian Lillard and Scoot Henderson. So if you're looking at it from the aspect of, oh, Damian Lillard wants to contend, sure, but what are you contending for? A play-in spot? You're not going to win a title, and I don't think you're going to win a title with Damian Lillard even if you get another wing or anything. There's a lot of great teams in the West. We just saw Denver win. They're stacked. I just think it's time to hit the reset button. It's time to build around Scoot Henderson. This is why a lot of Clipper fans wanted to trade Paul George for that number three pick because Scoot Henderson is that kind of talent, and Portland has it now. And I know it'll probably work if you keep Scoot and Dame. It'll, it'll probably work just because they're so talented. But if I'm them, I got to hit the reset button, get assets back, clear cap space, and, and stay young. Braden, as you look around the league, is there a, a trade that you've um, heard or read or even thought of that that makes sense? Because, again, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's well past the point in time. Listen, they, they had this brief window here, and it was a totally different team, uh, where maybe they, they, they had a chance. Their chance, by the way, was just getting to the conference finals. I mean, I had no point during Dame's time with Portland, unfortunately for him, did I ever look at this team as a championship team? And if that's the goal, which it should be, of course, uh, you get, again, if you're if you're competing for the a play-in spot, if you're not even a play-in tournament team, hit the reset button. There's there's, there's no reason for you to have a top ten talent when again you can trade that and get multiple first-round picks. I mean, Oklahoma City, and again, we're not we're never going to see a trade like this again, only because it w- it was tied to, to two players. But the, you know the, the Paul George trade is a perfect example. We're like, man, and Grant, you touched on this. I mean, Oklahoma City, especially with a GM like a Sam Presti, with those first-round picks, again, they're not going to use all those picks. But what you could do is you could flip those picks and get someone who could help you right now. But, Brandon, as you look around the league, is there a destination? Is there a potential trade that makes sense to you? Um. I think the Zion trade would make yeah. sense if the Pelicans wanted to do that. Um, I think that put the Blazers in a position to at least compete if Zion's healthy um, and they can build around Dame. But I think this is, what it means for draft, about drafting Scoot Henderson is I feel like they they owe it to Dame to trade him if they keep Scoot Henderson. Because I also think Scoot Henderson can't grow into the superstar he is with Dame on the court. He needs the ball in his hands. So for me, I I think I mentioned this in the first segment. I'm so sick and tired of the Dame stuff. We know he's going to stay. We know he's not getting traded. You know, it's just all this uh, 
stuff they're putting in the media and media outlets to say that, you know, put pressure on the GM. They're just in the worst place as a franchise. They're not good enough to contend for a title and they're not bad enough to get a top pick now since they have Scoot Henderson. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do. Perhaps Jeremy Grant, but I think this free agent, uh, free agent cycle on Friday is going to be very vanilla. We're going to see teams, you know, sign with the teams they were before. Draymond Green is going to resign with the Warriors. Kyrie is going to resign with the Mavericks. James Harden is going to resign with the 76ers. Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton are all going to probably resign with the Bucks. I mean, and Reeves and Rui are probably going to sign with the Lakers. Like, for me, this is not going to be – and Porzingis was already traded. That's most of the great players. Kuzma's the big name. Do you go and get – I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I'm just throwing names out there. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you guys. I was going to ask you guys because the, the Lakers, they have a lot of cap space right now. Austin Reeves is probably their main priority, obviously. And I, I know that there's, there's the Gilbert Arenas rule with Austin Reeves where, you know, the Lakers only need 12 million in cap space. But if somebody wants to sign him elsewhere, they need 25 million in cap space. And then the only two teams that are going to have that are Houston and San Antonio. Do you guys think that the Lakers are going all in on the run it back? Or do you think that they'll add Reeves and then maybe look for other pieces around it? Or do you think they'll sign everyone back and just say, let's do this again? Because I think there's some guys out there that they can get to maybe, I, I wouldn't say replace, but I'd say be comparable to what they had last year in like Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown Jr. I don't know if there's guys that maybe I'm not thinking about, because I don't. Th I think Kyle Kuzma's out of it. I don't think they can get him. I think he's way out of their price range, but I don't know about Rui. Rui may be a Sacramento Kings team, so I was just wondering what you guys think about what the Lakers are going to do after Reeves. Brandon, I'll let you go in a bit, but I, I mean, I, I, and we'll see if if they do this. But I really love the makeup of this, of this team. I loved how together they were, and so you know, if possible, I really want them to keep as many of these core guys as possible. Listen, I mean, obviously, if you can package Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley and some other, you know, like I'm not talking about about those guys, but clearly Reeves, Rui, like even. D'Angelo, which I really think that they need to bring him back. And if you can flip him again, good young player. We'll see long term how he fits. But um, I really love this team. And again, as bad as D'Angelo played against Denver, he was fantastic in uh, the first couple of series in the postseason. So, um, yes, they did win a championship. Yes, they got swept in the conference finals. But run it back, make a couple of tweaks. But I want this team to come back. Yeah, adding on that, I think Russell's got as good as gone. I think okay. the Jalen Hood, Hood Shafino, unless they can get, I mean, I don't know how, if there's a market for him, so they could probably get him cheap, and then I would be completely fine with keeping him. Because, by the way, they don't win a few of those big playoff games without him. I know he didn't play well in the Denver series, but he's still young. That was his first time going deep into the postseason. I think he's got a lot of swagger and a lot of you know, uh, Moxie and the way he carries himself offensively, obviously can't play defense, but he's a guy who can take over games. And I think they really needed that in the regular season toward the end when LeBron and Davis weren't on their game or hurt. Um, but I, I think like he's as good as gone if he wants 20 plus million or 25 plus million because Jalen Hood Shafino plays exactly like D'Angelo Russell. I think, in, in fact, if you look at them playing, they look like an identical players almost. It's crazy. 
uh, I, I, that to me, that signifies they're under the impression D'Angelo will get money elsewhere. But if not, I mean, they're cool bringing him back. They're not getting anybody else good. Let's just be real. They're 12.4 million non-tax middle of exception. This is such a bad year free agency wise with the guys that are left. They wanted to give it to Nas Reed. He re-signed with the Timberwolves. And who do you give it to? Bruce Brown is going to warrant more money or come back on a discount to the Nuggets. You going to give $12 million to Seth Curry? No. Dylan Brooks? Guy that, no, you can't do that to the organization, right? Like, to me, I don't I don't, I don't get where they go. And it's going to be interesting to see Friday what they do and what Rob Palenka does. Braden, is there value in bringing him back? Um, a, because they like him and he could help, obviously. But... Uh, being put in a situation where they can trade him down the line. Again, if he just walks, it's not like they they have that slot. So is there value, again, they're not going to go crazy above what he could make, but is there value in bringing him back to potentially flip him? D'Angelo? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. There, there definitely is value. I think they're definitely considering that. I'm just saying if another team offers them $25, $30 yeah. million, they're not going to be like, okay, we'll give you 30, you know, like they're going to be like, cool, good riddance, you know, like I think it, it and remember, works for both and remember, sides. Remember, remember guys, the, the Warriors did the same thing with D'Angelo yeah, Russell. They acquired exactly. him and they immediately traded him that that deadline. I think it was yeah. even before the deadline. So that was something that you know teams have done with D'Angelo Russell himself. And look, the Wolves did too. They got him for what a year and a half, maybe two, and then flipped him again. So I think you know if the Lakers do bring him back on a on a favorable contract, look, favorable contracts are going to be huge in this new CBA. People are underestimating that. So if you bring him back on a good contract, obviously D'Angelo Russell is a good piece to move for for extra depth. I guess you could say. Can you uh, both really touch on that before we close out today? Again, we're, we're, we're a lot of the moves that we're going to be seeing like over the next uh, few weeks in the Collins trade with uh, the uh, Jazz and Atlanta had a lot to do with the cap in the future. What's going to change with the cap? Why are we going to be seeing some of these moves happen here? Yeah, well, well, first of all, I'd like to say that th- there's a reason you're seeing so many rumors is because teams are trying to move off of big contracts. They're trying to get under that second apron because if you're in the luxury tax, there's a huge penalty now. You cannot sign guys for that full mid-level anymore. And then, you know, like guys like Norman Powell, guys like Norman Powell, who was a six-man-of-the-year candidate a lot of the year for the Clippers last year, is now on the trade market because he has a big contract. And the Clippers know that if they're going to have guys with big contracts on their team, they're not going to be able to get into that second apron and be able to sign anybody, literally anybody like they are now. So you see a lot of guys that are on the market now that you really wouldn't see under the old CBA. And I know Brandon has a lot more knowledge about how it works and what you can do and what you can't do, but that's why you're seeing a lot of these trade rumors right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. we'll, we'll right, see. There's I nothing mean, I have to add. Yeah, no, I mean, it'll be very interesting. I think there's, there's going to be some trades that we've seen or we will continue to see that may not make sense to fans right now, or they may wonder, man, could they have gotten some more in return again to Brandon's point, to Grant's point? A lot of this has to do with just unloading and getting off of these uh, contracts. Uh, in the case of a Jordan Poole, he, he, Poole obviously post-punch with Draymond just didn't fit there. And But again, the fact that he had a big long-term contract like that Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s number one goal as soon as he took over the job, and it was very clear that, that, it, that it was his first priority, get off from under that Jordan Poole contract. And if that means trading him to Washington for Chris Paul, who, again, we've, t- we've talked about this. I, I don't see how 
Chris Paul fits there. I don't think it's a good fit, but it doesn't really matter as long as they no longer have to worry about that Jordan Poole contract. They've moved on from that. So, again, listen, I, I think the offseason is a very fun time. And then as we head into the summer league, guys, again, seeing a lot of these draft picks play for the first time. But then again, a lot of the... um a lot of the rumors will begin when we see these GMs and uh, uh, players all descend upon Las Vegas and we'll be there to cover it and we'll be there to track it and, and see what happens. But it should be a fun offseason here in the National Basketball Association. All right, Grant, uh, thank you so much. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.